Thanks for joining us for the Radical Life Podcast. Maybe you've heard us say that our weekly podcast guest is a module leader and you've wondered what that's all about. Radical Life, the manual for optimal beingness, is a holistic, self-paced learning and coaching program for people seeking an optimized experience of being human. We focus our program around 14 verbs, breathe, cleanse, clear, connect, create, do, intuit, meditate, move, nourish, rest, stretch, strengthen, and think. Each of these verbs makes up one module of the manual, which was created by a module leader who we believe embodies that verb. The manual for optimal beingness is ideal for people who've already done some healing work with a therapist, a healer, or on their own, and who are feeling pretty well-grounded and stable, but really want to grow into their next iteration of themselves. We found that most people have areas of support and skill building that they still want to cultivate. Our Connect module leader has described this as progressing from functional to fabulous. Learn more about Radical Life, the manual for optimal beingness over on our website at radical.life. Now on to today's interview. Hello and welcome to the Radical Life podcast. My name is Marina Patrice Vare. My pronouns are they, them, and MP. And we're recording for you today on the unceded lands of the Lanai Lenape peoples. I'm excited to be here today with our Connect module leader. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Andrea Durham, and I am a personal and professional coach, as well as an attorney. And I created the Radical Life Connect module, and I'm happy to be here to talk about it. Awesome. Would you like to begin by sharing what identities and communities are important to you? The world. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I think what's important to me and how people perceive me are often two different things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm female, cisgendered female. Um, I am an immigrant. I um, have multiple identities, whether it's as a person of African descent or a person of Asian descent. Um, I, I think that those are enough to start with. Yeah, sure. Um, I, you know, I appreciated the first piece you said there about the way that the world perceives you versus the way um, that you perceive yourself. I think that that's a uh, an important piece. And I know you and I have spoken several times about your experience here in the U.S. as an immigrant, right? And how mm-hmm. people have a particular perception of you that doesn't match your perception of yourself. Um, so that just, that was the first thing that was on my mind there. Is there anything you want to say about that? Well, I think that people can get very attached to labels mm-hmm. as identity, mm-hmm. whether you give yourself that label or somebody else gives you that sure. label. And for me, what's important is to recognize language, language changes, circumstances changes. Did you view yourself at five the way you view yourself now? Sure. Um, and we can give ourselves a break just to be who we are. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely believe in supporting how people identify themselves as a way to allow others to move through the world safely and myself mm-hmm. to move through the world safely. Yes. However, I think often we, we get so attached to labels that mm-hmm. we never go under it to really explore who we are. Mm-hmm. And I believe that everyone has such extraordinary things inside them that if we limit it to a label, we're missing a lot of what that person actually is. That's really interesting what you're saying there. And I'm thinking about it in terms of connection, right? Because mm-hmm. there are some particular, like I'll speak for myself, like some ide- identities that feel really important to me to mm-hmm. be in community with folks that share those mm-hmm. identities and share some of those experiences. And also... Um, there's also this piece about wanting to see people for the fullness of who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And that really is how we make connection, right? Is that mm-hmm. making space for the fullness of mm-hmm. people beyond um, what we perceive about them, you know, initially. Yeah, and also that I, I, I fully understand labels in terms of this is how I tell you, you know, like yeah. my label is an immigrant. It's, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. 
um, how that plays out for me can really vary depending on where I am and even in what country yes. I'm in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm a part of the Caribbean community. I'm a part of, um, in some ways, an Indo-Caribbean community. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of like just keep drilling down, drilling down, drilling down. Yeah. But there's still Andrea. Yeah. And Andrea hasn't changed. I can move through many different communities and have different support systems mm-hmm. and express myself in certain, you know, um, this summer I was in the UK and I went to the Notting Hill Carnival, mm-hmm. which is something that Caribbean immigrants took with them wherever they went throughout yeah. the world. And to some people, it might be an incredibly vulgar display of human behavior. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, oh, those are my people. Yeah, um, you sent me some beautiful pictures yeah. of those events. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, one community's way of self-expression may be very different than another community's, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that the, the people inside that community don't all have the same needs, the same desires. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we talk about labels, it just becomes a way of shorthanding people mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, yeah, I can, I can be many different things. That's, that's the yeah. beauty of being human, that... We can be so many different things, but if we're only asked to stay in the box, that, and the other thing is, you can only be as big as someone else's idea of you if, if that's where you want to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there is so much more to being human. Mm-hmm. And we can use labels, we can use identities, but not as a straitjacket, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. as a way of easily kind of sharing ourselves, but with the understanding that we want to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And I have you know two questions I think I want to hit upon, but um, mm-hmm. one of the things that comes to mind specifically because I, I know this to be an important part of the way that you connect with folks is... Um, the sense of curiosity, right? And I know you have said to me that like your particular combination of identities has created a paradigm of curiosity for you. And I I want you to talk a little bit about why that's important and how it relates to connection. Mm -hmm. But I also know it to be the way that you approach others, Mm -hmm. right? Is from a very um, humble place of like, I couldn't possibly know you better than you know yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you would also comment on that. Um, I think that it's part of my own growth as a human being that, that, that has come about. And also being an immigrant and being, um, a person that in, (laughs) in 2020, you know, wherever we are in time right now, we're calling mixed race, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. still human. (laughs) Um, but I am curious because I, I've used this example with you, the World Cup yes, versus yes. World Series example, where um, I came to the country in 1974. And when I came, I heard about this thing called the World Series. And I, of course, thought that meant, you know, many countries were playing. So, well, <laughs> what countries are playing? Because I come from a world where when you say, use that word, it means mm-hmm. the, the world is included in that. And, of course, I, I got a very different response than I was expecting because I didn't understand the paradigm, mm-hmm. you know, being a, a child. And in my world, when you said World Cup, what it meant is that as many countries in the world as wanted to send sure. a team, they competed, and then whoever won, won you know, they beat out everybody else yes, in, in the, the world. world. Yeah. And at the time, Pele was, you know, from Brazil, was mm-hmm. like the biggest. He was like God, really. Yeah. He really was. Um, and so the concept that um, world meant something different. Mm-hmm. At, but then I still had to move through the world knowing that there was all of this other information. Yeah. But the people that I was engaging with didn't have that information Mm -hmm. and it wasn't part of their paradigm. And so even as they viewed me, they viewed my family, they viewed um, 
so many things. Mm-hmm. It was from a particular paradigm, and it's not that the paradigm is wrong. It's just there's more. And they didn't yeah. realize that there was more. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it meant that I needed to do things a certain way. I needed to behave a certain way, and I needed to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. But there was all of this other stuff that I knew and experienced and brought with me. Yeah. But that didn't really matter. And so for me, it, it is important. And not that I'm perfect at it, but I try to really approach people from their understanding of who they are as mm-hmm. opposed to my labels for them and my um, limited understanding. Because even with like the World Cup kind of in my head, yeah. there are still many things I don't know. Mm-hmm. But part of the journey of life is learning yeah, and growing and exploring and saying, okay, this works for now, but won't work in five years or yeah. that's fine. Uh, uh, and I... I value that. I value that we can explore, we can learn, you know. um, I'm also a Unitarian, and one of our principles is the the responsible search for truth and meaning. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, saw that as, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'll sign up for that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just, you know, when you go out into the world, and yeah, people know a lot of things, but leave a little room for learning more yeah i heard a couple of things in there and um you have used this example with me mm-hmm. um it, in enough like across context right mm-hmm. that it has really stuck with me our family is gearing up to watch the world cup and yeah. so mm-hmm. it's been in my mind because right also mm-hmm. philly was in the world series and mm-hmm. like you know so both of those things have been very like present recently mm-hmm. um and what i heard there is that in a lot of ways when you came here, mm-hmm. you were experiencing people in a much like narrower concept of how wide the world was, right? Oh, yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm putting myself there, right? And mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about like, um, just how often I'll see news and be like, oh, I don't actually know much about that, right? Mm-hmm. When it's outside of the US. Well, I mean, even things in the US, but like, mm-hmm. particularly things that are in other countries where I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to dive in and read this. And then mm-hmm. sometimes reading a piece of news about what's happening elsewhere, I have to go back and like, and look for other pieces of information, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, a very like Americanized perspective of Mm -hmm. what's happening in the world. And I'm thinking about the number of times that you've told me that your family, right, in Trinidad has like, you know, called you and said like, hey, did you know this is happening? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so I just, I'm thinking about that as well. And I'm wondering if there's anything you want to share there. Yeah, I think the the, the most prominent memory for me of that was the whole January 6th mm-hmm. incident um, or whatever people are calling it now. Um, I have my own words, but we'll leave that for now. Um, and I'm at work and I get a call from my sister and my sister says, you have to turn on the TV. They're overthrowing the government. And how my sister found out is that my cousin in Trinidad calls her from Trinidad Mm -hmm. and says, your government is being overthrown. Are you okay? They were calling to find out if we were okay. And my sister is like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. And she's like, turn on your TV. Your Mm -hmm. government is being overthrown. And to the rest of the world, that's Mm -hmm. what it looked like. Like the government was being overthrown. So my cousin in another country, 3,000 miles away, calls my sister in real time to tell her what is happening in Washington, Mm D.C. My sister then calls me, and I think we're all kind of, you know, blown away by Mm -hmm. what we see happening. Yes. Um, And it was just... Wow, you know, my somebody else in another country had to call and tell you what was going, going on. on. Yeah. Or I remember a long, long time ago. Some people may remember this: uh, the whole Branch Davidian thing with uh, the FBI mm. and how they stormed um, the ranch in Texas. And and I remember going home to visit on a trip, and of course I was working, so I I don't watch TV during the day when I work. And but my aunt is a housewife. And my aunt sat there and she could tell you blow by blow what happened from when the FBI moved in and who did what next. And and Mm. I'm sitting there and I'm listening to her and she is basically a housewife in Trinidad 
recounting something that has happened in Texas in the United States. Mm-hmm. And she could tell me, oh, no, th- that didn't happen. This is what happened. And it was like, okay, because our, our expectation is that, yes, of course you'll know what's happening with you, but you'll know what's happening around because we, we share a planet. Yeah. And even more, um, now with climate change, we, we really have mm-hmm. to be aware of what's going on because... Um, it's, it's life or death. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, those were two little examples. Of no, those are great examples. And I think it also, I'm going to call it back to when mm-hmm. at the beginning, when I said what identities and communities mm-hmm. are important to you and you said the world, mm-hmm. like you meant that very literally, oh, yeah. right? And I, um, I really have appreciated that about your perspective because you often bring me out of a much narrower focus of like sort of what I have understood about the world and your curiosity has often for me made me more curious about something. And so that for me has been a really important part of our friendship. And I just, you know, wanted to name that because it has been, it has shaped me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wondering if you want to talk a little bit about when you think of connection, what kinds of connections come to mind? I think like many people, it would be family, communities of origin, Mm -hmm. whether it's your nationality or, um, you know, people doing ancestry and things like that now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, where do you come from? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that uh, people think of that initially and I think of that initially. But I also probably have a deep understanding that there's more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think this connect module certainly came out of that. But even before I did the connect module, there there was something in me that was saying, yeah, "There's more. Mm-hmm. We, we are more connected than disconnected." And I actually believe the whole disconnection thing is propaganda. Mm. Yeah. yeah, there's some really beautiful stuff in your module, really mm-hmm. about how deeply we are connected and how far back we're connected. And I really. Uh, one of the things that I took away from that is just this um, short view versus like long view mm-hmm. of history. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you want to add there. Yeah, I think that coming from the Caribbean, but also having Asian Indian ancestry, when people think of history in the West, they maybe go back two to 5,000 years. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on who you talk to and other, pro- oh, well, 10,000 years ago, that's, <laughs> that's why that river looks like that. Or that's why, um, uh, oh goodness. And the, the name is escaping me now, but I remember when I was in India and we went to, um, a place where they had built sundials, mm-hmm. you know, before people were running around with mm-hmm. watches and they, I mean, really old and the sundials were accurate to the millisecond Mm. before people were even counting milliseconds Mm -hmm. in the West. And so I think that when we think of history, we often, oh yeah, well, you know, um, maybe the Roman Empire, maybe the Greeks, okay. Mm -hmm. And and I love in the West when they say, you know, history begins in Sumer. Um, For you, perhaps. But um, we know that there were cities 10,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a little figurine that I pass around in my workshop. Um, uh, and it's called the Venus of Willendorf. We know that that figurine was carved between 25 and 30,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like people weren't here. And so even when yeah. we are talking about identities, we can identify in a, a, ourselves in a certain way now. But people just like us, just mm-hmm. like us, were there 25,000 years ago. That's they cool. were yeah. identifying themselves differently, but they were, they were there. Mm-hmm. Because we wouldn't be here if they weren't there. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's part of the connection as well, that we have to understand that we're not new mm-hmm. or special. Yeah. We're part of an abundant chain mm-hmm. of humanity. I know we probably have never considered that you have something in common with somebody 25,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably never thought about that. But in order for us to be here, those people had to be there. And there's a Sappho quote that I love. Um, 
something like um, years from now, um, they will think of us. Mm. And and I'm you know kind of bungling the quote, yeah. but I love it because yeah, I I don't think I had any personal knowledge of Sappho before I started reading some of the poetry, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, this person was thinking not just about their immediate mm -hmm. circumstances and their immediate lives. We're about two thousand years mm -hmm. beyond that, but that writing is still there for us to know. They were thinking of us, mm -hmm. and we can think of them. You know, one of the things that I hadn't really thought through until I was going through your module was related specifically to just like, um, I think I, I have not thought that far back, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have such a um, challenging time like, imagining the material conditions of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting for me, you make a compelling case, right, about actually the internal experiences of our lives across time, right, and the thing that we do have in common there. And I'm wondering if you want to say anything about that. Well, um, I did a workshop um, last Sunday, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I was talking about is, you know, I come from an island in the Caribbean, and... Um, the, the indigenous peoples, the pre-Columbian peoples, called it uh, the land of the hummingbird. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, they came up the, Okunu, uh, the Orinoco River in, um, that goes through Colombia and Venezuela and came out into the Atlantic Basin and they would come to this island. And one of the reasons they came to the island was because there are so many beautiful birds. Mm. And today we have a bird sanctuary there, but it is a haven for bird watchers. Yeah. So let's think about, okay, five to 600 years. Mm -hmm. Columbus showed up in like 1498. But let's think five to 600 years. People were looking at the same things. Mm -hmm. They were appreciating the fact that there were these beautiful birds on yeah. this island. And they came to see them. And people come now from all over the world just to see. We have, I think, like 18 species of just hummingbirds. Wow. We like the same stuff. Yeah, that that <laughs> desire for something beautiful and of yeah. the natural world is a thread through we can, our humanity. We can appreciate beauty. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly know what it is to fear. We know what it is to feel mm -hmm. pain. But we also know what it is to love our children and mm -hmm. to want our dear ones close. Yeah. You know, we, we want, because we wouldn't be here if people didn't take good care of other people. Mm -hmm. We literally would not be here. Yeah. And I think the call is, we are here now, but at, in the Native American sense, shouldn't we be thinking out seven generations? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't we be, as Sappho said, waiting here for someone to think of us but because we've created the space for them to be mm -hmm. yeah i mean that shift in perspective for me to really think about people's like internal drives and experiences mm -hmm. made it much more possible for me to imagine like much further back mm -hmm. in history mm -hmm. um and i do i really appreciate this idea of in the future they will think of us and mm -hmm. also um the gift that we could give by creating a future where what they think of us right, yeah. is like, I mean, not from like an uh -huh. egocentric place, but like from a, like, you know, if you think about some of the things that like didn't exist, like, mm -hmm. well, let's even talk about like, just literally like when I was in high school, the internet was not oh, something yeah. that I had access to. Right. Yeah. And so like, if we think about some of the things that have been brilliantly created by mm -hmm. human beings, right. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, like, we can, you know, agree or disagree about mm -hmm. the utility of, like, mm -hmm. uh, communicating through the internet, right? But mm -hmm. we have access to information that, like, we just didn't have, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when I think about things like that, I'm like, what kind of amazing pieces of imagination mm -hmm. can we move forward and bring, you know, mm -hmm. into the future so that folks have them as, you know, so they are better resourced instead of less resourced, right? Oh, Absolutely. You know, I certainly was born before the internet, before international travel mm -hmm. took off, before mm -hmm. um, a funny little story is my uncle told me the story that when my father first came to the United States, he would have to send a letter 
back to his father to say, I will call the local store, because most people didn't have phones in their homes, I will call on this day and this time. And my uncle said, and everybody in the area would come gather around just to hear the phone ring from America. Mm-hmm. Now, my cousin is calling my sister to say, check your TV. You're yeah. Yeah. So the world has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. And technology is a tool. We can use it for good or for ill. Mm-hmm. Um, the call is to use it well. Yeah. And to use our resources well. Yeah. I just I'm I'm having a moment of like imagining you know what people will have, will be grateful for like or or like better for because it happened you know to be created in our lifetimes. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about um, who or what shapes your thinking about connection. Um. Well, you know, you've known me long enough to know one of my big things, you know, as a female identified person is uh, women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've been thinking about all of these connection things and and having various things. And as I said, you know, part of my ancestors took a 10,000 mile journey from Mm -hmm. Calcutta to the Caribbean. Another set took that mid-Atlantic journey, not by choice, Mm -hmm. either group, Um, you know, whether it was... Uh, enslavement or indenture not choices that we would make Mm -hmm. uh, for ourselves Um, but an understanding that I'm connected to these people Mm -hmm. and understanding that there are lots of us that are connected Mm -hmm. Um, or even you know I travel a lot and so seeing that I could you know, I'm in Romania and I'm seeing Roma people, but I know that their traditions look a lot like North Africa, like mm. North India mm-hmm. and just seeing all of these things. And so connection, I think, has always been there. But it wasn't until the, the course that I was doing last year yeah. where I really came across the whole concept of mitochondrial leave or M-source mm-hmm. and the fact that it, it's actually bigger than you think mm-hmm. because we are all literally connected. Um, you know, we can all trace our DNA to a single person. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, that, you know, we have a very present physical connection on our own bodies that tell us even before we were breathing, even before Mm -hmm. we were born, that the only reason we're here is because of connection. Yeah, I mean, I'm still taking that in, right? We've had this conversation several times. And, you know, I remember you telling me, it's been well over a year since you and I first talked about mitochondrial Eve. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, like, Mm -hmm. integrating that into my awareness Mm -hmm. and understanding. And I, you know, I think sometimes the science stuff scares me, like, where Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't understand how that happens. Mm -hmm. But um, on an intuitive level, it mm-hmm. really makes a lot of sense to me. And then, you know, a, a couple of months ago when you said to me, like, well, you can literally put your hand over your navel and mm-hmm. know that you are connected. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, like, it brought it to me in a really, like, embodied sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it keeps getting richer. The more, <laughs> like, we talk through it, the more I think about it, it really does get richer and richer. Yeah, I think that, you know, once you realize... And, and, and I think the universe did it this way on purpose, that you walk around with a body, but on your body is a very present physical reminder mm-hmm. that the only way you got here was because you were connected mm-hmm. to someone else. And the only way that person got here was because they yeah. were connected to somebody else. And then it goes back in an unbroken line yeah. for between 150 to 200,000 years. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's big to take in. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that is the purpose of connection. It, it really is to dispel the propaganda of disconnection. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I would love to hear a bit more about your spiritual beliefs and how that helps you approach and understand connection. Um, I know you to be a quite prayerful person. And so like <laughs> I, I just I, I would love to hear you say more about that um, deep connection that you experience. Um. For me, I, I, I'm a Caribbean person, and mm-hmm. part of it is, for many Caribbeans, I can't say all, but I can say many, we don't really view the physical and the metaphysical as two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very, very, very Western empirical idea of yes. how you look at the world. We 
tend to come, especially in Trinidad, from so many different parts of the world and we brought our beliefs with us. And so um, the supernatural is just the next step. <laughs> you know, and I would all I've spent time in Christian, mostly Christian circles, um, but in both charismatic or Pentecostal and non charismatic circles. And one of the things the charismatic, oh, we don't believe in all of that hocus pocus stuff. And my question to them would then be, well, why do you pray? Mm. Praying is metaphysical. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely believe in the power of prayer and the power to you know, support people, not simply physically or financially, but to support the spiritual, to support them dealing with the mm -hmm. spiritual forces around them. And I prayed for you this morning. Those ones go a long way, I know. Well, I, I, I just think that, that that's how you care. Mm -hmm. Yes. That you you know, you harness the resources that you have and whether it's a good thought that you have for mm, somebody yes. or words that you use mm. or just standing in a space and kind of holding them in the, whatever, however yeah. you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But I believe that that energy is real and that it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And I believe it is universal. And, you know, I, I am a believer in God. But for some people, that, that is an overwhelming concept mm -hmm. and word and also a painful one, depending on, mm -hmm. and, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. So, um, as I said, I'm a Unitarian. Huge contingent of Unitarians are atheists. Yeah. I'm perfectly comfortable in that space because mm -hmm. I don't think what you believe has to change what I believe. And mm -hmm. we can still go forward together. Yeah, I really, I love that. And I like, I just want to echo back that, like, that I don't believe that what I believe, right, has to, like, or what you believe has to like diminish, right, mm -hmm. what I believe. And I think that that is, um, I'm going to circle that back to your sense of curiosity, right, mm -hmm. is that I really um, I appreciate the way that you allow space for there to be multiple truths, right? And that mm -hmm. is, it's a core belief of Unitarianism for sure. I think um, one of the spaces that I have always understood in in the way that you talk about God, right, is that it is very expansive, oh. right? And I... Um, I'm thinking about this sort of trio of quotes that you shared in your third class, and I'm wondering if I want to pull that out here or not. Like, do, do you want to dive into that okay. a little? Because I think that that was, um, for me, it really speaks to sort of this deep connection across um, religious and spiritual traditions, and also because I think that it um, it helps me see the way that you understand the world in a mm -hmm. like a, in a very like. Um, concrete way like in a way that I'm like oh I can I understand that I could mm -hmm. explain that to someone else oh sure yeah yeah um we went dark there again. yeah there we go and even you and I, I'm trying to remember the quotes now but let me put it to you this way yeah you are the parent of three children mm -hmm. are they the same no do they want the same things sometimes but usually only when it's things like pizza and movies <laughs> right <laughs> Um, do they express themselves in the same way? No. Do you love them any less? Nope. Why? Because I really believe that they are all a manifestation of the divine and that my role is just to be in relationship with them. Yeah. Have they taught you things? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because... Wildly different things sometimes and sometimes not the lesson that I'm looking for. But yeah, yeah, and the power. I, I love that the elephant um, analogy, where you know one mm, person's yes. touching the trunk, one person's touching the tail, one person's touching the leg. Yeah, let's understand that as human beings, we are finite. And I had the blessing of a, a Hindu grandfather mm. and a spiritual Baptist grandmother. So, and they were married, lived in this. And it's funny because, you know, we celebrate Diwali. And my grandmother is not even Hindu, but she was the primary cook for Diwali. Really? Yeah. You know, um, and uh, I, I struggled. For a long time, I was an evangelical Christian, as you yeah. know. And one of the things I struggled with was 
the limited idea about God. Mm -hmm. And I would always have to go back to Hinduism to say, no, 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 it's bigger than that. It's bigger. Mm -hmm. And as big as you think it is, it's bigger than that. Yeah. And to, I believe, and it's my belief, that the being that created us and allows us to be, mm. that being wants us to shine. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, but we do, all, because we keep clinging to all of the things, well, you know, you are a this label or a that mm-hmm. labeler, and therefore this is what you do and this is how you mm-hmm. are. And what, as I said earlier, while we can have those labels, we're more than that. Mm-hmm. Even the people 25,000 years ago, 100, they were more than that, which is why we're here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I struggled sometimes as an evangelical because, you know, if you look up at the sky and see how big it is, can you count the number of stars? Can you count the grain? Which, interestingly, if the Bible says as well, you can't count the number of grains of sand on the beach. Mm-hmm. Try with your best computer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's more. Mm-hmm. And if we approach things, and even our connection is a paradigm of, this is what I know, mm-hmm. but I'm going to leave a good bit of space for what I don't know and grow into that. And then mm-hmm. once I get there, there'll be more and I'll have to yes, grow into that. Yeah. But I, th- I think that's why we're here. And that the basis of that is the connection that we have going all the way back. Mm-hmm. And that connection and the fact that your navel tells you you were connected before you were, and I, as mm-hmm. I said it before, before you were born mm-hmm. and before you took your first breath, you were connected. Mm-hmm. You were plugged in. And that, you know, we can have difficult relationships with our parents, mm-hmm. grandpa, you know, the, the relatives sure. that we know. But what I'm talking about is the life force itself that created you. Mm-hmm. The life force itself that said you will be here. Mm-hmm. Um, that connection is, is very, very real. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's what pushed us into this space mm-hmm. that is Earth right now. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking about this sort of idea that, like, the very same thing that animates me animates you, right? Oh, yeah. And so it, it's just a, um, for me, that was a perspective that really, um, it gave me a greater sense of there's something more to people that I dislike or disagree with, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, right, this, um, you know, you and I have talked about this idea of like seeing the divine in every mm-hmm. person, right? Mm-hmm. And that is not easy at all times and it no. is not, but the, uh, there is something about that approach that makes it impossible for me to diminish people mm-hmm. to their worst behaviors and their worst, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you want to say more about that? Sure. And and it doesn't mean we have to, you know, closely embrace everyone mm-hmm. or we have to be discerning people about what is safe for mm-hmm. us and what yes. is appropriate yeah. for us, you know. Um, I know there are certain places that just wouldn't be safe for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't hate those people. I just know in that circle, I would not be safe. And sometimes it's not even a matter of physical safety. It can be a matter of mental, emotional, or even yes. spiritual safety. safety yeah. You know, there are circles where people have a particular understanding of something. And so um, if I'm in that circle, it won't serve me. Mm-hmm. It will actually be a lot, a lot of hard work for me to maintain myself in that yeah. space, which is you know, kind of why I had to leave certain spiritual communities. It, it, it did not serve me to be the best me I could be. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean those people don't have a right to exist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean those people aren't also fruit of the divine. Mm-hmm. And also, more specifically, fruit of that mitochondrial mm-hmm. or that M-source mm-hmm. person, because we don't really know what they call themselves. But, yeah. yeah. Anybody you see is a product of that connection. Mm-hmm. Anybody. You know, think of the worst people you can think of. Mm-hmm. They're the product of that too. And as I said, it's not that we have to fully embrace everybody mm-hmm. and, and, and love, but we do have to recognize that 
people do have a right to be here. Mm-hmm. And because I think it feeds into to the second class in, in the module, which is about abundance. Mm-hmm. Because often we approach things with a paradigm of scarcity. Well, yeah. you know, there's only so much and I got to get mine first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to make sure. And it's like, well, think of the billions of people that had to exist just for us to show up here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally beyond the billions. Um, we are a product of abundance. Mm-hmm. And part of mm-hmm. our job is to express that. But if we're, if we're not taught that, if we're not clear on the fact that, that abundance is the standard, is mm-hmm. the truth, that connection is the standard, is the truth, then we go off in really bad directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think, you know, if Columbus got on that ship and said, let me go see who is here and let me embrace them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what could I learn from them? What can I learn from mm-hmm. them? How could I share with them? And Because mm-hmm. interestingly enough, we know that many of those people were willing to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, how different would it be? Yeah. So much of the pain is... is generated by us mm-hmm. you know and it's generated from our fear and from our belief that we aren't connected to each other yeah. and that somehow um you know one of the things i also talk about is in the classes is you know that hierarchy well i'm above you mm-hmm. and, and yeah no 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 we we all got here through womb. Mm-hmm. all of us yeah somebody smarter than us designed that <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about perhaps an important memory that you have related to connection? Um, actually, I thought about that when I was reading through some of the things. As I said, I, I travel a lot and there are times, many times I travel alone. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that has always struck me is the willingness of people who I don't know, mm-hmm. have never met, to be kind and helpful. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was in an airport in India, and I think I was had, was leaving like Calcutta or something like that. But you know, I'm in the airport, and I walk through, and and there's a guide there who's helping me for a little while. But um, this woman. She was sitting with all of her bags and she saw me and she's like, you come, you come, you have to sit here with me. You come and you sit here with me. Mm-hmm. I never met her before. Mm-hmm. I've not seen her since. I, and first of all, I was just stunned. But something prompted her to make sure that I was okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of getting teary yeah. because you have to come and sit here with me. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, wanted to make sure that I got on the plane. She wanted to make, and it was, you know, connection. Mm -hmm. And that she thought I was worthy of her care. Mm -hmm. And I have had that happen many a time in traveling. Because sometimes I'm not even speaking the language. And and people have just stepped up and out of nowhere sometimes. And it's. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it speaks to that, you know, that internal desire to, for connection across, mm-hmm. you know, language, across place, across mm-hmm. everything, right? That, that there is something um, about the way you move through the world, right? That That is attractive mm-hmm. to people that you're encountering. And I think that that is... Um, uh, that's like a vital like life force about you that I you know that I have seen in action and I you know and um and accessible right mm-hmm. to others as well like just that desire to be in deep relationship but I and I think that it's way more about them mm, yeah. than me tell and me more the people that I admire in the world are people like um Mother Teresa or Raoul Wallenberg or, um, you, know, uh, you know, Oscar Schindler. These are people who, if you look up their backgrounds, mm-hmm. they could have lived very comfortable lives. Mm-hmm. But they decided that they could be catalysts in the world 
to care for others. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I don't think we, st- we still don't know what happened to Raoul Wallenberg. Um, but basically, he saw the Holocaust happening. He was like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Let me see who I can save and who I can help. Yeah. Um, I admire those people because they get onto the playing field not because of their own direct interest, mm, yes, but because there's something deeper inside of them that says, we all matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even in those situations where people have been kind and helpful, it wasn't about me. It was about them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, and I still remember this woman, and she, she just, you. And she was like, yeah. you yeah. have to come here and sit with me. Yeah. <laughs> and she just pulled me in. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even know. But what a powerful and extraordinary person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't like she gave millions. Because I think people often think, oh, well, what, you know, when I get to this place, then I can do that. Mm-hmm. Or then I can. And it's like, no, she just saw me, realized I was alone, and was like, okay, that's somebody's daughter. Mm-hmm. That's somebody's sister or what. Yeah. But her heart opened. Yeah. And we can all do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm also just thinking about that that desire to meet someone, right, mm-hmm. when they are so open to you as mm-hmm. well, right? Like to to have that offer, <clears throat> excuse me, that offer of care mm-hmm. and to really like step Mm -hmm. in and Mm -hmm. accept and receive that and Mm -hmm. what a um key component that is Mm -hmm. of connection right like not just the giving but also the the being willing Mm -hmm. to receive and open Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was i mean for me it was just because you know it's not like i could hang out with people in the airport i was all by myself and um yeah i i still remember that kindness and i remember the kindness of so many many others Mm -hmm. who just okay, well, you wait here with us until, you know, things get better. And then, you know, or I was coming out of um, uh, Mother Teresa's burial site because the hospice and the burial site are two different places. And I walked out into the street and I very ignorantly thought, yeah, I'll just get a taxi. Mm. (laughs) Uh, um, It wasn't that easy. And this man just saw me and he's like, where are you trying to go? He all, you know, because... Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm hearing English. Cause I, yeah. And he hailed a taxi. He explained to the taxi driver where I wanted to go. And um, I got into the taxi. And, I'm th- and I remember thinking, I don't know where this man's taking me. <laughs> and the taxi driver took me exactly to where I needed to go. And, you know, those two people yeah. could have done things very differently. Yeah. But they didn't. Why? Mm-hmm. And that's in us. Yeah, that's in us. That's why we're all here. That's how we can show up. Well, and I, I'm just thinking for me how lovely it is to share this space with you and and have you literally be cataloging these kindnesses, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that that is a very particular approach to being mm-hmm. in the world. And you know, I think that there is. I mean, those are certainly offerings of gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is. Um, I will say sometimes when I am struggling, mm-hmm. I'm in a, a place of like grudge or discontent or right. And I sometimes forget to like run back through that Rolodex mm-hmm. of kindnesses. And so mm-hmm. I'm just I'm thinking about that like right now in this moment as like a practice as something that I could like literally take away from this moment and like, you know, move out into the world with um, a, an experience greater depth of connection because of it. Yeah, and I'm not perfect, you know. Yeah, I, sure. I I have my not so good days <laughs> either. Sure. But and, but your question was definitely a, a prompt to remember all of the kindnesses and also to expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the abundance. Yeah. And if we actually look back, and it's not that horrific things have not happened yeah. and have not happened to us personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, how I became a Unitarian is because I was robbed. And I had left my old spiritual community and I really, like my father, you know, said that, well, you definitely need to go see somebody because when things like this happen to people, you've got to take care of yourself. And so I I got a therapist. But what I realized is I knew that spiritual community was something that really, really supported me. Mm -hmm. So 
out of that very, very bad circumstance. Um, And it's funny, nothing happened to me in India, but I get back to the U.S. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's where the robbery happens, right in front of my house. Mm. And, you know, it took me a a good while to get over it because, you know, it's trauma. Um, But that's what led me to where I am now. Mm. So I I think that... um, I do a class on resilience, um, actually, I'm, I'm doing it with a group of people, and one of the things about resilience that they talk about is finding the good, mm-hmm. because it's very easy for us to dwell on the negative. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for us to, you know, live in fear because of even very real things that have happened to yeah. us, but if we can hold on to the good, there's an awesome TED Talk on it, um, uh, but if we can hold on to the good, if we can search for the good and find the good, that can be the most empowering thing for us, even as we struggle. Yeah, interesting. I'm, I'll have you tell me about the mm-hmm. TED Talk, and we'll, we'll drop it in the notes, um, mm-hmm. in the show notes. I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm wondering if it's the same one I'm thinking of, but I don't mm-hmm. want to derail ourselves on mm-hmm. a whole. Um, but yes, this um, this idea that connection, right? Mm-hmm. Um it does help us build resilience and mm-hmm. also helps us to um, find our footing in the mm-hmm. face of trauma, mm-hmm. right? Um, that makes a lot of sense to me and it squares with my own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that it, it, for me, it's not like a silver lining kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let's put a, a shiny, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a good thing that happened to you package around it. But it is a um, a reflection that I can take back of, I'm still here, right? Mm-hmm. Like despite some really terrible things, like mm-hmm. I am still here and that is not just because I managed to move through the world myself, right? It's right. because of a lot of support and people that believed in connection, right? Mm-hmm. That I managed to survive some of those things. And I think mm-hmm. that that is a really, um, it's a powerful like commentary on resilience, right? Like that mm-hmm. many of us have lived through things that we shouldn't have had to live through, absolutely. But that like we we did, mm-hmm. right? And we're here, and that that choice to then keep moving into connection and being in relationship, mm-hmm. I think, is a really, um, yeah. That's just what's resonating with me right now. That's where like mm-hmm. I can feel that in my body. And I also want to say, because, you know, I I break down connection into connection with yourself, connection Mm, to others, and then connection with the world. Because a lot of it has to do with our connection to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And how do we value ourselves? How do we think of ourselves? And sometimes we, you know, I know as, particularly as female, you can get some very negative imaging. Mm -hmm. But in many, many ways. identities you can yeah. get very negative imaging um but self-connection is really what and i think that's why we have mm-hmm. that belly button because yeah. it, it starts with the self mm-hmm. and it starts with that ability to separate yourself from the trauma from the bad thing and not make the bad thing you mm-hmm. or because because I come from certain cultures, you know, it was very common and still in many, many parts of the world, very, very common to blame people when bad things oh, happen yes, to them. For sure. Oh, well, if you hadn't, if, if you didn't exist, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, right. Sometimes no, it gets that X, Y, Z, yeah. And the connection to yourself is what can really help to propel you to even stand enough to then take, make a connection yeah. outside of yourself. And I, th- I think that that's a really, really critical thing to understand. Um, you know, one of the uh, the tools that I use is just smiling. Mm-hmm. And not smiling yeah. out, just yeah. smiling mm-hmm. by yourself. And you can feel the change in mm-hmm. your body as you smile. Yeah. Because I think that we were intended to be able to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. and you know and laughter laughter yeah something outside you can be funny but you're the one laughing yeah and the endorphins are flowing mm-hmm. because you're laughing and so I, I think that that's another like extraordinary thing that the universe did you know yeah. that that we can start with ourselves we we can it, it is actually very very important to connect with yourself mm-hmm. first um and I talk about, you know, because then you can have 
relationships by invitation mm. rather than desperation. Yeah, I really love that language. Yeah, and for me, it's, you know, and it, that's a, a thing that you have to switch in your brain because mm -hmm. in many ways we're taught, well, you go outside, you find someone to love you, you find mm -hmm. someone to validate you, you find some. No, 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 no. Yeah. You came out of the womb whole mm -hmm. and perfect, regardless of what your body looks like, your abilities. No, no, you, you are a product of an abundant connection. Mm -hmm. You're worthy right there. You show up, you're worthy. Yeah. And... Take that as the barometer mm -hmm. of how you want to move through the world. And whatever the messages are coming at you, you have the power to discern, is this going to support me or is yeah. this not going to? And it's not like it's a growth process mm -hmm. that you have to go through. But I think it's so critical because the connection doesn't start outside your, it starts with you. Yeah. And the more you can build resilience, the more you, you can build yourself, then when you do engage outside yourself, it's yeah. for very different reasons. Sure. You don't yeah. have to tell when me you're I'm resourced. worth it. Yeah. Because I show up believing I'm worth it, and I'm looking for whether or not you're going to treat me like I am. Mm, it's really a beautiful yeah shift in ways to think about being in relationship, right? And the whys of being in relationship, right? If it's not just to like get your needs met because in some ways you have resourced yourself, right? And I don't mean it in the sense that like everyone has all of their needs met all the time. Mm -hmm. But I mean that like when you have a deep source, mm -hmm. right? That you know you are connected to and you know you are worthy, like the types of needs that you're exchanging are really different. They, they're very different. And also we look at people rather than looking at them as targets to meet our needs. Mm -hmm. We look at them as co-creators. Mm -hmm. How can yeah. we work together to do what we need to do? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things when we think about like the divorce rate, we think about broken relationships and, you know, I identify as female and I've heard the long list of both from my male and female friends and other, you know, trans ones. But, well, they didn't do this and they did because how mm. you approached the person was, well, you had a list mm, <laughs> of what yes. they were going to do for you. Mm -hmm. And when they didn't, you know, tick all the boxes yeah. on that list, you thought they weren't of any value. Yeah. And what does that do? Because mm. what that means is somebody has a list about you. <laughs> yes, Sure. Right. We don't have to live that way. We don't have to treat each other that we're social beings. We're designed to engage and be with each other, yeah. but we don't have to mutilate and step on each other mm, just to, to be supportive of one another. And because, you know, I, you don't want to discount the needs of to be together with other people, mm -hmm. that that's a legitimate human need. Yeah. But also just being able to connect with yourself and not be going out and looking, well, if you don't tell me that I look pretty today, then we are not going to have a good day. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know people like <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> because they need that. Ex they, they don't want to look inside first. Mm -hmm. and, and it can be hard. Mm -hmm. It can be really hard, especially if you've been taught that inside of you is not good. Yeah. You know, and then we get that messaging a lot as well, but yes. it's like, no, you show up here out of a womb, you're worth it. Mm -hmm. That's the truth of the universe. You're worth it because 150 to 200,000 years of life force energy is what shot you into this plane. Mm, into being. It's abundant. It shot you here. What do you want to do? Mm. I would love to hear about how your personal practice looks like. Like what, how are you cultivating connection for yourself? Um, because I know we all have hard days too, oh. right? Mm -hmm. And um, we have things in our lives that pull our energy and that can be really exhausting. And um, we know that disconnection is a reality, Absolutely. right? And so how is it that um, you're keeping yourself connected? Um, first of all, I am an introvert. Mm -hmm. So I always have to kind of go back and, and be yeah. in my little cave yeah. and um but I'm a big television watcher and I use it for lots of different things. Um so whether it's spirituality or comedy or just you know, as you've mentioned earlier, yeah. I'm incredibly curious. So I love just learning things and now that we got like 
80 million channels on yeah. cable. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, whether it's the flea market and what they're making there, or, um, but that is actually how I recharge. Yeah. You know, uh, TV is a big one for me. Um, the other thing is just smiling and laughing, and I had not realized how much I smile until someone pointed it out to me. She yeah. says, "Every time I walk by your office, you just smile," and I never <laughs> thought of it. Yeah, but I just thought, oh, well, that's the appropriate thing to do when you see someone. Someone, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, those things, I, I try to laugh a lot. Um, I do have a spiritual community, yeah. which which I find not just supportive, but also feeds my curiosity. So I can do the women's empowerment class, and I can do like yeah. all kinds of things um, that fill me mm-hmm. and that feed my curiosity and that help me to do things that support others yeah um so th- those are some of the things that I do and then of course I I believe in God and I believe that I'm a child of God and I don't think that that's about perfection mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know fitting into someone's box of who you are yeah but I, I, I feel that connection very deeply. I, I do feel the connection to my ancestors mm-hmm. very deeply. Um, it's a long story, but I'll tell you about that another time. But they did show up in a tantric yoga meditation. Mm, yeah. <laughs> just like my family. Because, you know, they just show up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't ask. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do feel that. And I, that was part of, uh, you know, going to India. It was mm-hmm. not that I planned to go to India, but, but it... it it just organically happened. Um, And just understanding that I'm no better or no worse, Mm -hmm. that I am entitled to my bad days as my good days. We don't have to have that expectation that everything's going to be Disney. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was somebody said, you know, um, it's okay not to have a good day Mm -hmm. or a good week or a good month, but it doesn't mean you're not connected. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, you know, and I, I do want to put in a plug for not relying on our emotions as the barometer of reality. Mm-hmm. Our emotions can More. inform us, mm-hmm. but just because we feel disconnected doesn't mean we are disconnected. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't feel like being a parent today doesn't mean you're not a parent. <laughs> sure. And so um, sometimes there's a huge emphasis on just how you feel mm-hmm. and it's not that our feelings are not valid it's just that they are not the only barometer of truth mm, i appreciate that and so when we feel less than and i have felt that a, a, many a day or not big enough to handle what is coming mm. at us or we just have to go back to the baseline of what is true yeah um, because we can feel insecure and not enough but then, is it really true? Mm-hmm. Is Or is it somebody's idea about who we are? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were talking about that. There's this uh, Bruce Lee quote that I love, and it's, you know, like, to hell with circumstances, I create opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, people think a lot of things about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you can keep thinking those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the real work, is for me not to think those things about myself. Oh, I hear you there. Mm-hmm. And so just really, really understanding what my feelings are, understanding what my needs are, but going back to the baseline of what is true and being empowered enough to kind of override a lot mm. of those negative beliefs yeah. and feelings enough to get to the next spot where you, you make the best decision for yourself. Because often when we don't feel good, we make real bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so humanity, it, there, there's a phrase common to man, and even that's gendered, but it, it's, you know, common to humanity. We're all going to go through it at some point. Mm-hmm. That's just life. If we expect yeah. it to be perfect, then, then we probably already lost the battle. Yeah. Um, but... We can go through it holding on to the truth and even reaching out and holding on to somebody else's hand like that woman. Because I wasn't expecting that woman to be so like, almost like 
a mom and she, you have to sit here with me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but if you need that, yeah, if you need that, you can find it. And it shows up in unexpected places at yes. unexpected times. Yes. Yeah. Like an airport in India. I <laughs> love it. We're getting close to my final question here for you. And I'm wondering if there's anything that's on your mind or your heart that we haven't hit on yet that you want to make sure we have a chance to share. I would just encourage people to really look into uh, the Connect module and into connection. Mm-hmm. Because it's the basis of everything, of how we move through the world. And I, and particularly for people who are not feeling that good right now, mm-hmm. look into it. Um, it's there for you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Well, let's close with what is your vision for a radical life? For me, I'm a coach mm-hmm. and I'm all about tools. And I look at radical life as a toolbox with 14 tools Mm -hmm. that you can learn how to use them to improve your life Mm -hmm. because that's what you use a tool for. You use a tool to improve your life or to improve something, to fix something, to take care of something. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I look at it as, as a toolkit that Mm -hmm. you can use to really live a a radical and empowered life Mm. because we live in a time where we get to make a lot of choices and sometimes it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. but if you think back even a hundred years ago and the choices that people had and you see you have way more than they did Mm -hmm. um use it well and here's a toolbox to help you Mm. use the privileges and opportunities that we have Here's a toolkit to help you use do it well. Mm, I love that. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Head over to our website at radical.life to sign up for your free Radical Life Starter Kit. Our website is R-A-D-I-K-A-L dot L-I-F-E. The Radical Life Podcast is produced by me, Marina Patrice Bear, and edited by Cassidy Bear. Our theme music was created by Mark Meezy. Radical Life is a co-creation with Manjot Singh Khalsa and Radical Healing. Connect with us on social media, Radical with a K. We're on Instagram at Radical underscore life underscore 22 and Facebook at Radical Life.